And we'll take it all at the end. How's that? If you have to leave, then you run up here and drop it on the altar. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, you stand to Mark chapter 16, verse 9 through verse 14. Change up things. Get out the rut. <laughs> Mark chapter 16, verse 9 through 14. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. Everybody said, believe not. After that, he appeared another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Say, believe not. Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and unbraided them with unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not. Everybody says, believe not. Them which has seen him after he was risen. Amen. And I want to talk to you from this thought today. Heart block two. Heart block two. Amen. Now, last week I just preached to you about heart block. <laughs> this way we're talking heart blockage number two. Amen. Father, we exalt you again today. Give us understanding, O oh God. Help us to see clearly the things that you desire through us today, O oh God. Let us not leave the way that we came. But God, let us leave changed, renewed, refreshed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Hot blockage two. Last week, we saw that Jesus lists three things that can block or choke the word from our lives. And he said that it was the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. When my heart is blocked or my heart is being choked, the word cannot get to the place that God is trying to send it to. As I said last week, in the natural, the life, the blood is the life of the flesh. And as a result, the blood has to be able to get to the parts of the body that is needed so that those parts will live. It is the same way true in the spiritual realm. If the word of God cannot get to the parts of the body that it needs, that part of that body is going to die. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 that there's one body, but there's many members. You may have a problem or situation in your life, but if I am hindering you, from receiving the word of God, 
that I am blocking the flow of the blood of Christ from being able to get to the part that it needs to get to to make sure that that part of the body is healed. I have to ask myself, is my attitude preventing the word of God from getting to the place that it needs to get to? Is my complaining and my murmuring preventing the word from getting to the place that it needs to get to? Am I distraction and the service of my mannerisms that is preventing the word from getting to the place that it is supposed to get to? Am I withholding my talents and my abilities that is blocking the word from flowing to the place that it needs to get to. You see, God understands and He wants His Word to reach to every part that He sends it to. And so therefore, I must make sure that I am not hindering in any way God's Word from appearing and getting to the place that it needs to get to. Scripture says that afterwards he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and he unbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he had risen from the dead. If anybody should have been able to believe that Jesus had risen it should have been his apostles. He had told them over. He had taught them. He had showed them. He had explained to them that he would die, but after three days, he would rise again from the dead. But for some reason, they just did not believe. Some reason, they were shaken in their faith and their belief of what God had said would transpire, would transpire. Like so much today, so many of us have heard what God has said in his word, but yet we fail to believe what God is saying will transpire and what will do. Moses chose to, told the children of Israel that God did not bring you out to lead you. He brought you out to carry you in. But for some reason, the children of Israel could never get to that point in their lives where they believed God and trusted God to believe what God says that he would do. We must get to the point in our lives that we walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to get to the point in our lives that we trust God. And every juncture of our lives, uh, the Bible tells me to trust in the Lord with all my heart uh, and to lean not to my own understanding and all my ways acknowledge Him and He will direct uh, my path. Because if I don't believe, if I don't trust uh, in the Word of God, what is going to happen is my heart is going to get hardened. Uh, my heart is going to block uh, and is going to prevent the Word of God uh, from getting to to the place that it needs to get to. You see, God's Word could be in me, but if I've got a blockage, then God's is trying to send you and I to a lost and a dying world, but those people would never receive the Word to be able to pull them out of darkness to the marvelous light. They would never be able to receive God's Word to where they can deliver themselves out of the snares of the devil because we will be blocking 
the word of God from reaching to his standpoint. You see, in my life, or in your life, if I have a blockage, if something is hurting me, if something is holding me back, then I will not share the word of God with others that I come in contact with. I will be focused on myself. I will be focused on my own hopes and my own idiosyncrasies and things within my life. And I won't share the word of God with others in my pathway as they are hurting and they are going through their situations and their lives. And as a result of that, the word is being blocked. I am blocking the word from being able to get to the place that it should be able to get to. The disciples, as I said earlier, if anybody should have been excited to hear that he has risen from the dead, it should have been the apostles of Jesus Christ. But no, they was hearted of heart. They were fearful. They couldn't believe that their Lord had died, that they had crucified him. They should have been excited excited because he had explained it to them that it is expedient that I go away but if I go away I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you shall be also their hearts were much affected they were filled with sorrow and trouble for the loss of Christ instead of being excited but in this point of their unbelief it increased their fear Notice, it increased their fear and so much prevail that all that was said by one, they couldn't believe it. You see, that's what fear does. You see, when you have a heart that is brought by unbelief, where you cannot trust God, sooner or later, you will begin to fear. You will become so afraid that you won't talk. You will become so afraid that it will begin to torment you. Paul told Timothy, he says, God is not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you power. He's giving you love. And he's giving you a sound mind. You see, the enemy wants you to fear. And that's what unbelief does. The children of Israel could not enter the promised land, the Bible says, because of unbelief. They had said, build up such unbelief that when the spies came back and began to tell them what was in the land. The next problem you see, they feared. Here they have unbelief. And over here, as soon as they got the evil report, they began to fear. And as a result, when those two of unbelief and fear came together, they did not believe in God's ability to do anything. Amen. They began to harden their hearts. They were sorrowful. They were sad. And as a result, they began to shut there and weep and demand. They did not believe. They got three reports that he had risen, but yet they did not believe what God has said. Paul writing to the church of the Hebrews in the third chapter and the 17th verse says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you hear his voice, are not your hearts as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness when you your fathers tempted me, 
proved me. So my works, 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they should not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any in you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. We must hear today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, don't you harden your heart. If you hear God says, pledge a thousand dollars, don't you harden your heart. If you hear him say, pledge a hundred dollars, don't you harden your heart. If he said, pledge five hundred dollars, don't you harden your heart. Don't you believe. Amen. But you must believe. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. And I I am known of them. If we know his voice when he speaks to us, we must not lean to our own understanding. He's trying to get his word to the place he needs to get it to. If we harden our hearts, God says, I will not give them my rest. In other words, they will not enter into the promise that I have promised them. Isaiah says in 28, 11, and 12, with stammering lips and another time, Will I speak to my people? Wherefore he said, This is the rest that should call the weary the rest, and this is the repression, but they would not hear. Don't harden your heart. You got to believe. Don't have unbelief in your heart. If you cast your care upon God, you have to believe that God is going to come through. When you pray, you got to believe that God is going to come through. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't get in the way of what you ask God to do. If you call upon God, get out of the way. If you call upon God and you say, God, I need you to do this for me, get out of the way. Amen. You don't need God if you're going to try to fix the problem. If you could have fixed it, it would have been fixed. But you realize you can't fix it, so you ask God to fix it, so get out of the way. Lean up your own understanding. You want by faith. You believe God. You trust God. And allow Him to accomplish the things He says He would do. Elijah was sent by God to Zarephath. And when he got to Zarephath, amen, God had already told him. He says, I've got a woman there. She's going to sustain you. And when Elijah entered into the city of Zarephath, he saw the woman. You know the story. She was on her way out uh, to pick up a couple of sticks. Uh, and Elijah says to her, bring me a cruise of water. And as she was going to get the water, he says, and oh, yes, by the way, bring me a little cake of meal to eat. Uh, she stopped and said, is not so. She says, all I've got is a handful of meal and I'm getting two sticks and I'm going in and cook it and me and my son is going to eat it and we're going to die. Elijah says to her, do as you said. But God says, the barrel of meal shall not waste and neither shall the crews of oil fail. So you bring to me first and watch and see what God was doing. See, she was entering that phase already. 
of unbelief. And once you start entering that phase of unbelief, the next thing will happen will be the phase of fear. And you will not believe God's ability. But when she finally, the word pierced her heart of what Elijah said. And when it pierced her heart, she realized that this was the man of God. And she needed to not lean to her own understanding. But she must acknowledge the word of God. Because he says, God said. And when he says, God says, she believed. And as a result, she did what he said. And the barrel of meal did not waste. And neither did the crews of oil fail. I've come to tell somebody today, God says, your problem is not bigger than he is. Your circumstance is not bigger than he is. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will open doors that you thought was closed. He will deliver. He will set the captives free. But you have to walk by faith and not by sight. And don't lean unto your own understanding. Praise God. Unbelief says, I hear, but I don't believe. That's what unbelief says. I hear you. I hear you, but I don't believe it. You remember when Elisha told them, when they was all in the city in captivity and judges, you read the, I mean, I made it Second Kings, I think it's Second Kings 6, somewhere 7. That they're all in the city and there's no food. Donkey head is being sold for so many pieces of silver. You know, dung is being sold and all these things, you know. And finally, Elijah says to them, tomorrow they will be bread. And the guy that worked for the king, he said, yeah, right. It ain't going to happen. Elijah says, guess what? It's going to happen. You ain't going to eat it. You ain't going to have a part of it. And because of his unbelief. And as a result, when those four lepers came and says, man, there's food everywhere. Amen. The Syrians are gone. They've left all this food. They came out the gate. What did they do? They ran over him and killed him. He saw, he heard it, but he didn't eat a drop of it. Amen. Unbelief. <clears throat> Amen. We've got to believe what we read in God's Word. How many sermons? Think about this. How many sermons have you heard preached about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How many lessons have you heard taught about his ability and powers? How many conferences have you attended and heard about God's abilities and God's love and God's joy and God's peace? How many videos have you watched uh, and set and heard preachings to draw your hearts in power of salvation and strength? Uh, how many books have you read about God's goodness and God's mercy and what God has done? Amen. How many camp meetings have you set through? How many things have you heard about God in your lifetime? But yet you still don't believe. If anybody should believe, it should be us. Come on. It should be us. We should be flowing with faith as much stuff that we've heard. I know in my 34 years being in the church and even before, you know, I've heard about God. I've heard about the stories, his abilities, what he's done. You know, why am my faith off the chart? 
I should be running. I should be like David. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I should be like David when he went out to face the giant. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, whom you defile this day. He will deliver you into my hands. I just should have the faith, amen, to be able to talk the faith of God. I should be able to edify, to build up, to strengthen. But all the word of God that I've heard and the great things that God is able to do through his word and what he has said that he would do, my heart should never be hardened and not believe in God's ability and to trust God for the things that I have need of. I should not be leaning to my own understanding. There should be an urgency in my heart for the lost to be saved. There should be an urgency for the compassions and the things and the interests of Almighty God. I should be excited uh, about what God is doing every moment uh, of my day. I know somebody is praying for me. I know he holds my hand. I know he gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. When I read the word of God, it is getting to me. It is getting through. Because that's what God wants. is his word to get through to me. He has made a way out of darkness where there seemed to be no way. The darkness hearted night from him. The night and the day are both alike to him. I can trust him. Missions is an urgency called by God to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved and he that believeth not shall be damned. God wants his word to get out there. He wants his word to get to every nick and to every corner as quickly as possible. Jesus says, if you don't tell them and they die in their sins, I'm going to hold their blood upon you. There must be an urgency, my brother. There must be an urgency, my sister, to preach the word. Don't let anything block your heart. Don't let any unbelief get into your heart. He's risen. He died that you and I may live. He's risen that we can walk in newness of life. Amen. We need to get the word out there. Don't let trouble stop you. Don't let situations in your life stop you from accomplishing what God is sending you to do. Get unbelief out of your heart. It's a blockage. It's an absolute blockage. Don't lean to your own understanding. With such things you have, Paul says, be content. You be content in what God is doing in your life. You know why you should be content? As I told the men yesterday, the Bible says, for you got a promise from God. He says, be content because I promise you, I won't leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. That's what he told Joshua and Joshua 1. As soon as Joshua took the leadership reins, God said, Joshua, don't you ever let this book depart out of your mouth. He said, you'll be of good courage, and you will prosper, and you'll have great success. He says, because as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I won't leave you. I will not forsake you. And the promises of God are yea and amen. The same promise he made to them, he has made to you and I be content with 
what you got, what you have. Amen. Don't lead to your own understanding. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I am as close as the mention of my name. So hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister. He's going to come. And in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man shall appear. We need to build up our faith. Trust the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. Don't harden your heart as in the days of provocation. But believe God what He says that He will do. Praise God. Don't lean to your own understanding. Amen. God's got a purpose. Amen. See, if, if, if you just pledging 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks, you know, you're leaning to your own understanding. See, you got to walk by faith. See, that's why the Lord told Peter, he said, Simon, lunch out. See, I can't swim in shadow water. You know, I can't, I can't swim in shadow water. I have to get in deeper water to be able to swim. See, if I get in shadow water, I can stand up, kick around, wait around. You know, I ain't swimming. But when I get out here, <laughs> you know, now uh, it's a whole different story. See, now I got to put some arm motion. <laughs> I got to get to moving, some kicking, some feet, and some legs, uh, because pretty soon the waves is gonna knock me down, and I'm gonna have to learn how to get up and swim a little bit more. And see, that's what the Lord told Peter. He says, "Peter, launch out into the deep uh, and let down your nets uh, for a drought. Uh, don't just go right here, Peter. Get out there a little bit deeper." And that's what I'm trying to get you and I to see. It's time. To get out of the shadow end of the pool. You see, it's time to get into the deeper waters. Amen. See, in here is shadow water. See, you don't have to do anything to come in here, but it's out there. You got to launch out deeper into the city of La Crosse. You got to get out there deeper and start telling people about the things of God. You got to put your faith in an action. You got to get in deeper water. You got to put a number on that paper that you know that if God don't do it, it ain't going to happen. That you trust God. That you believe God. Jesus says bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now, saith the Lord, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it, but because your blockage in your heart, you won't tithe. You won't do what you you're leaning to your own understanding. If you were tied the way you were supposed to, you wouldn't have fear. You wouldn't be concerned about a lot of things in your life. You would know that God came through once. He'll always come through you again and again and again. But if you went into your own understanding, pretty soon unbelief is going to set in and fear is going to set in. And the next thing you're going to do, you ain't going to believe God for nothing. Praise God. Didn't get a lot of amens there. But you still got to get out in the deep. Let's get in the deep. Deep, call it upon deep at the water spout. You want to watch out deep. Get out there. Get out there. Put your faith. Amen. When Peter was out there, he says, Lord, if it bids you, come. Bid me to come. Jesus says, come on. 
and he stepped out. Yeah, a lot of people criticized him about taking his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. But guess what? You know what? He was in deep water and he knew that if Jesus don't do it, I'm through. That's why you want to get out there and build your faith. Amen. That's why you want to not lean to your own understanding. Cast your cares upon me. Amen. The Lord says. See, God had to deal with Peter. He had to get Peter away from himself. He had to pull him out further and deeper. That's why when you notice Peter, God is always making him do stuff that only God can do. Amen. They come into the church and the Lord says to Peter, who did they take money from? A stranger or a citizen? He's a stranger. He said, guess what? Go down to the sea. Throw your line in, catch a fish, and the first one that comes in is going to have a corn in his mouth, bring it in, and put it in the ark for you and me. Peter goes down, the first fish he catches, there's the corn. Because he knew, man, what he said, God said, it happened. Amen. God said, cash your net on the other side. Peter says, oh! Hold that. Come help us. Come help us. Amen. Only God can do these things. Amen. Walking on water. All this stuff is trusting God. It's believing in God. Amen. Not leaning to your own understanding. So how do we get unbelief out of our hearts? Peter puts it this way. I mean, Paul puts it this way in Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, <clears throat> holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. To the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's how you get unbelief out of you. Amen. You start singing the word of God. You start magnifying the word of God. You start quoting the scriptures to yourself. You start leaning to your own understanding. And you start leaning to the word of God. As God said, as the rain comes down and the snow to water the earth and return not thither, but making it bud, that it may get sin to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It may accomplish that which I please it and prosper where unto I send it and you shall go out with joy and shall be led forth with peace and the mountains and the hills will break forth in the singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to have abundance of faith. He wants you to be overflowing with abundance. Amen. But you can't lean to your own understanding and you can't trust in yourself. You must trust God uh, so that he will accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish through you. Amen. Faith. Like I said, all the word of God and scriptures and stuff we've heard, man, 
Why do we have the blockage? I think the scripture says Jesus is the doctor. (laughs) Amen. The spirit of the Lord, Jesus says, is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, the set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Amen. Our faith should be crazy. Amen. You know when I came into church, you know what they used to call Pentecostals? Holy rollers, shanda hangleers, and all kinds of stuff. You know? I mean, we used to just go crazy. Now, we need dynamite to move people. Take that off the thing. <laughs> but think about it. What happened? What, what, what happened? Why aren't we running? Why aren't we shouting? Why aren't we testifying? Why aren't we glorifying and magnifying what our God is and who He is? You know, think about it. Why, why are we walking around with so much unbelief? Amen. We need to be renewed and restored and get back to the what God has called us to do. Amen. Let your light shine that men should see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If one dollar can save one person, how many people you want to save this year? You know, this new program in Global Missions, and I, I don't know if you've heard it or not, is it, when we was coming off the field, it, it, they was coming out with it. It's called Global Regional Missionaries. And what that means is they're taking missionaries, nationals from this country, and sending them to another country uh, in, in, in the areas. So, like, for example, a guy in Africa, they may send them to Uganda, or, I mean Kenya, or, or somewhere. I might even send them here in America. See, so those countries are now sending out missionaries. And if we are 40% nuns, think about it. If a missionary got saved over there and came here, amen, and some of our loved ones was able to get in the church, by a missionary that comes here and start a church. That's a win-win. That's a win-win-win. Uh, I think I told you the story about when I was in Taiwan at a conference. You know, white guy from South Africa. You know, he was there. We was up on the platform worshiping, praising God, and God told me to go down and pray with him. You know, he was standing out like a sore thumb. White guy and all those Chinese people. I went down and started praying with him. Boom, the Holy Ghost hit him. He started speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. At the end of the service, he testified. He says, I left South Africa because I want to get away from black people. And God, I come here and God sends a black guy and prays for me and I get the Holy Ghost. But if you go all the way back, missionaries were sent by you guys from America to Germany, the army sends me to Germany. I get the Holy Ghost, get baptized, and God take me all around the world to take me there for purposes like that. 
You can't beat God's given. No matter how you try. For just as sure as you're given, he's a giver on high. We're all part of the kingdom of God. So we need to let God work in us today. Amen. Praise God. He, he wants the lost saved. Amen. That's, that's the overall goal is to, to preach the gospel to every creature so that they can be saved. As we always say, I might can't go, but someone else can go. And that's what missions is all about. It's supporting. That's why Paul told the church at Philippi. He says, brethren, you sent me again and again and again. He says, I didn't have a need. He says, but God shall supply all your need. Amen. Because of their giving, Paul was able to continue on the missions that he was doing. Amen. That's the first part of faith promise that ever started was right there. Amen. With the church in the book of Acts. They start sending to help support missions. Amen. And as a result, think about it. Here we are today because somebody was willing to support the missionary that was traveling and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to pray, amen, and before you fill out your sheets, maybe you've already filled it out, you might need to scratch it out, and <laughs> or maybe you've already prayed and talked to God, and God has told you, and that's what I hope, that's what I hope more than anything, is that during this week you have prayed, and, and God has told you what he wants you to do, amen, so that you are, your faith will be built, and your faith will be uh, in, encounter and challenge uh, in the things of God, amen, and that's what we want. So I'm going to pray. Amen. And, and then I want you to fill out your card if you haven't. Amen. And then we're going to take up the offering and the cards and then Sister Linda will get back to us next week and tell us basically what has been pledged for missions. Amen. Father, we exalt you. Lord God, I know there's nothing impossible for you, Lord. Lord, you're always so good to us, oh God. Your word is ever enriched in power in us, oh Lord, and we thank you. For your promises are always yea and amen, Lord. And I truly thank you, God, for everything that you do for us. Lord, you're worthy of the highest praise, Lord. And we want to be laborers together with you, Lord, as the Apostle Paul has admonished us, oh God. Lord, we know everything that we have has been given to us by you, Lord. Everything I have, God, for my family, for my children, my grandchildren, my house, my clothes, God, if it would not for you, Lord. God, I would have nothing, oh Lord. But because of your goodness and your mercy and your love towards me, oh God, I am thankful. I am thankful, Lord. And all I can do, God, is trust you and believe in you. I'm not leaning on myself, God. But as we sung this song, God, I'm finding more power the more I lean on you, the more I trust you, the more I believe in you. My strength is made new day by day, Lord. And I thank you, God, for all that you do for us. Touch a people's heart today, Lord. Strengthen them in every way. Let it flow freely, O oh God, I pray to your people today, God, and all of us, and all of us.